Hello and welcome to TNB Thursday Night Babble. Uh, myself and Mud are joined by the Dark Lord Steve. He's with us tonight. Hello, Stephen. Good evening. Um, yeah, it's Phil and Mud here with Steve. We're going to chat about this weekend, with well, this week's past football, what's went on, what's happened in the Premier League, and then Johnny's going to have to leave after half an hour. So we'll get his insight and his opinions on the Arsenal from last night, and then me and Steve will chat a bit more about football. And unfortunately for me. My night are shite, but the Warriors are about to win the NBA, so I don't even get that long to gloat and laugh at Steve because he somehow keeps landing on his bastard and feet. But we'll talk about it anyway towards the end of the podcast. Um, Johnny, we'll get your thoughts on. We'll we'll go with Arsenal and Chelsea first, so you can get it out of the way, and then we will talk about Liverpool and Manchester United. Um, that's why Steve also wanted to come on because I'm sure he has some thoughts on <laughs> and, and also certain performances from certain individuals. Uh. At Anfield um, on Tuesday night. Last night, Johnny, we were talking just before we came on the podcast. That is so very Arsenal. Three defeats ah, in the is. bounce. Looked really, really poor in some of those games. And then turn up at Stamford Bridge. On the dance floor, that is Stamford Bridge. And boogie themselves to 4 2 Windsor. I, th- I think uh, Brenton texted in the one name, and I was thinking in my head at the time El Nene. I was like, why is this man starting this game? <laughs> he hasn't he hasn't played all season and then he's starting in a big game away from home. I was thinking, Oh god, we're really in trouble. Um just a big shout out to Granit Xhaka who nutmegged Lukaku, then nutmegged um Alonso, who played the ball through to Saka and Odegaard to score the second goal. I mean balls of steel like really in your own box to nutmeg two men in the space of a few seconds. It was it was, it was a joy to watch. Um but that's, that's, like you say, very typical Arsenal to lose three games on the bounce to teams that, well, maybe the Palace game would have been very tough. Like I kind of didn't expect to win that anyway, but to lose to Brighton at home, who've had a good run of results there, and then Southampton away, who like, got hoofed by Chelsea the week before. Um, Yeah, very typical Arsenal. Wouldn't be surprised if they go in and put a performance in on Saturday against United, but we just don't know. Um. I really hope that is this is the kind of game that's going to kick us on now and hopefully finish in the in the top four because like i said a few weeks ago i mean it's an absolute disgrace if we let spurs or united finish above us this year but i think those injuries is it, it has obviously affected us but i mean losing two players shouldn't derail your entire season so um arsenal really need to, to bounce back on saturday and kind of forget about the result last night, even though it was a great result. Um I kinda just said, Brenton, this one's for you. It was definitely a penalty. So yeah. Definitely. Is it is it frustrating though? I know obviously last night's not frustrating. Uh, getting to beat Chelsea and, and obviously you have family members that are Chelsea fans, so that's always nice. But is it is it frustrating though that to see Arsenal do this as well because you know what they're capable of, but you also know what they're capable of in a bad way. So you're going into Saturday, early kickoff against Manchester United, and I guess you're not still overly confident. I'm confident, but that's the worrying part. Um, because <laughs> I just know Ronaldo's probably going to end up playing on Saturday and probably score a hat trick. Uh, Paul Pogba will turn into prime Paul Pogba if he's fit, and Harry Maguire. Will like the world class defender that United are signing. <laughs> so, yes, I'm confident, but me being confident about Arsenal has 
probably never been a good thing, I suppose, because I was confident going into the game at Old Trafford, and we we know how that finished. Um, it, it's hard it's hard to know. Like this team, like we say, always seem to have a dip. It's happened this season already. Um, we lost against United, and then we lost against Everton, which I think at the end of the day, like when it comes to the end of the season, and if we miss out, just miss out in top four. I think that Everton game is probably going to be the one. Never mind Palace, Brighton. Like Everton were in the pits at that stage. I don't think they'd won a game in like nine games or something like that. And they beat us one nil, and we had a full fit team at that stage as well. So that was a really disappointing result. They are frustrating. Like I mean, you could I could literally tear my hair out all the time watching them because I know they're better than the Spurs. Like I know they are. Like it just frustrates the shade at me. The Spurs are actually above us on goal difference at the minute. Like they've had a very good couple of weeks with Hammer and um Hammer and Villa and then I can't remember the other team they played to beat them five 0 um which got their goal difference way up. So yeah, it's it's frustrating, but it's great it's great to see them actually show a bit of character and come out and beat Chelsea at home. Like I looked at that Chelsea line up there last night and thought, yeah, they've made a few changes, but Jesus Christ, they brought in Romelu Lukaku, the Werner there, you know, the Mason Mount. You could see who they could bring off the bench and Havertz and and um, Ziyech and, and guys like that, you know. And then you look at our bench and you're like, oh, we've Lacazette who hasn't scored in open play in over 20 hours of football. Like, God save us. That was kind of my thought last night. But for Plato, you know, it worked. Mikhail Arteta's Red Army, and we march on again to Saturday and see how it goes. Like so, yeah, it's nice. It's nice to be involved in a, in a top four I suppose again. Like at this stage of the season, like this time last year, I was kind of thinking we might make the Conference League, and we didn't. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's the Conference League is lit, by the way. Ah, well, there, there seems to be some decent teams left, and it doesn't there, like, but yeah. I'm kind of glad we didn't end up in that shitty tournament, to be quite honest, but. Yeah, we are where we are now. Well, Let's hope as well. You haven't ended up in it yet. No, well, it's still that way to go. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think I think Europa League. If we even finish in the Europa League spot, it's still progress for for a young team this year. Like considering where they finished last year and the year before that, so we, we'll see how it ends up in the end. Steve, obviously, uh, last night you'd have been looking on, probably wanting Chelsea to win there to. to... Oh, I know you're shaking your head. If, 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 I don't know if I'm going to start in a video or not yet because I don't know if I'll have time, but Steve's shaking his head at me, which is great audio for a podcast. Um, but is it? did you even give a shite last night because of Tuesday night? Or have you just checked out I'm told the rest you, of the season? The secret is not there anymore. Um, <clears throat> like The results on Saturday made things really interesting despite United doing their best to throw away a, a lead against Norwich. Um but I suspect that this result was in Chelsea. They've the inconsistency under Tuchel of late, especially, has been worrying. I would say. And now I know there's obviously all the stuff that's going on around the club. Um, <clears throat> that's obviously going to have an effect on the, the team as well. But I thought I don't know the whole thing about the the surface, the playing surface as well. It's like. It's it's entertaining if nothing else. But uh, if I was a Chelsea Jeremy fan, managers, sorry, Jeremy managers love an old mental. Remember, was it was it Everton? Klopp give off with the wind. What game was that? Klopp said the wind was too strong. Yeah, today. Was. No, it was Burnley. Yeah, Yeah, I think his BBC interview was was very interesting. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, 
I can't. I don't know who was interviewing him, but he asked him, "How do you pick these players up?" And he goes, "I don't know. I'm going to have to sleep on it. I have, I have no idea, basically." And I was like, I, "I I actually liked the honesty. Like you know, you never like managers are all like, oh, we'll bring them in and blah blah blah.' But he was very honest, and it's 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 refreshing to see an interview like that. I suppose. Um, I've I've not like you say. I, I know you lots have said over the last few podcasts. You really admire Tuchel for all the stuff he's went through personally in his job over the last couple of months and um, you have to give the man credit like but it's it's i think brenton made a mention that you know city and liverpool are the two best and then chelsea are just in the middle between the rest and themselves so they're still they're still a way off i think kind of challenging for the league but if the players are there's the quality there i actually seen uh, a chelsea fan last night to call for angolo conte to be hoofed out of the club which i'm like <laughs> come on are you, are you wise? Well, the, the, our, our fellow podcaster of the night would take him at, in, in Manchester if that Chelsea fan was to drop him off. He can go and play at Old Trafford. Yeah. No, I think, I think that's actually... Johnny's made a good point there about the where Chelsea are because like they're, they, they're not going to challenge for the title and they're safe in European football. It's very difficult for, for to motivate players who are in that position. Um, I think United went through that for a few years where you're in that, you're nowhere near Liverpool and, and City and you've got third or fourth place kind of wrapped up and the end of the season is just a bit of a slog for players, especially if you're out of Europe and stuff. So I, I, from a motivational point of view, I'm not stunned that Tuchel is struggling because I think he's probably seen, he's seen it in training. That like the second the the Champions League run was done, that was it. Like the Chelsea players had mentally checked out of 2021, 2022. Um, and it's like it's hard to blame them. Like you know yourself when you're in work and you say you get a big project finished and you know that there's nothing else on the immediate horizon, you do coast of it. Um, so I think footballers are just human. So I, I'm not I'm not stunned. Um, I suppose what I was more surprised by was. The lack of kind of willingness or ability to change things in the game for Chelsea, like that's worrying. That like there didn't seem to be any answers in game for for, for what Arsenal were doing, um, and I think that's slightly more of a concern than players kind of taking a week off or a day off or whatever, you know? Yeah, because they still have like they're, they're five points clear. Uh, of well, the, the three teams chasing them effectively. Um, you would think that is enough just with who they have uh, the rest of the season game wise. And the fact that Arsenal have to play Spurs um, and United, and Spurs have to play Liverpool as well. So you would think that there is points going to be dropped there, but like they still have an FA Cup to play for. Uh, 20- what is it, 22nd or 14th of May, an FA Cup final against Liverpool. They've still got that to go for. They've still got a few things. So it is, it is, I I would look on it as, a, and I know you're saying about checking out, but I would be a bit like, right, what's going on? How has this squad gone from being European and world champions to just, because of being knocked out of the competition, just dropping off? No, they should be trying to sail home here, sail home in third, try and claw a bit back to the top two, and then bounce on into the next season with a bit of like, stuff behind them where they've done well and they've maybe improved things but I don't know I think I think with Chelsea's 
it, it is just complete burnout probably across the whole club. This whole new ownership thing has been dragging on. It's supposed to be sorted by now, and it's not. Um, even today, Serena Williams and Lewis Hamlin have thrown their hat in the, in the ring to try and get uh, part ownership as well. So it's, it's all running on. Obviously, Tuchel has had stuff away from football, which has been very hard for him to have to deal with too. So uh, Chelsea look as well, like some of the other teams, and, and Chelsea shouldn't. I don't think that's what I'm trying to make the point I'm trying to make. Chelsea look like they have checked out, and they shouldn't. They shouldn't Three be checking Three home defeats on the bounce for the, from the yeah. first time from the 90s or something, I think somebody said. Um, yeah, it's... Bad. It's strange, like, um, the Lukaku project hasn't worked, whether that works next year or not, whether he's there or not next year, I don't know. It never Havertz works. has been, it doesn't seem to work in the Premier League when he goes to a certain size of club anyway. Um, the Havertz looks good in, in in bits and pieces. They were unbelievable against Real Madrid that night. You know, I know it was a defeat, but that should have been the catalyst for them to kick on. Again, I think now, they were never going to catch Man City or Liverpool. Don't get me wrong, but it would have been a catalyst to kick on again and and go into next season then with that behind them. And um, I don't know, it's a strange one. We'll see what happens with the new ownership with Chelsea. But Arsenal were, were the better team last night. They, they deserved it, I think. Um, a massive result for Arsenal, and it's all heading towards that North London derby, Charlie, uh, in May, which uh... you're going to lose fucking a lot of her over by the looks of it. Well, there's United next, obviously, and then there's West Ham away after that. So, we, we, if we get through those two games, I suppose it, it probably is all on that North London derby. Like, but West Ham have a Europa League semi-final in between um, the game against Arsenal, so they might rest some players. The fact they are pretty much, they pretty much probably will finish in one of the European spots this year. So, yeah. What if they um, win the Europa League in the Champions League? Yeah, yeah. So there's that motivation for them as well. I think what's quite interesting, like if you think about in 2003, like when Arsenal eventually lost the league to United when Leeds beat us at Highbury, you know Arsenal then went on, kicked on, and went on a bit of a run towards the end of the season anyway. And then the next season they went unbeaten. So like there is that, you know, there's that challenge for them Chelsea players to go on and get that momentum to take it in the next season. And there's also you know, they could potentially stop Liverpool winning a quadruple or even a treble. Like, why, why would you not want to stop one of your like one of your rivals yeah. in terms of the league and Champions League and things like that going on and winning another trophy? Like, so it's there for them to do. Like, you know, there's still plenty to play for for Chelsea this season. Like, you know, who wants to be starting in that cup final? Like, I know it's not um, probably the, the top of their priorities like but it's all they have left really to play for now like you know champions league is pretty much assured i think if they had to beat us last night i think that would have pretty much secured champions league football for them unless they go on a real drastic per run of form here in the next couple of games like they're all of assured a third place like so there's still plenty there for them like um and like i said three defeats at home from 1993 or something like that there i think Mourinho will be will be disgusted wouldn't he that really long unbeaten run at home he had for Chelsea. It's just been a bitter dude. Um, Steve, Tuesday night then. Get the band aid and rip it clean off. Um, come on. Yeah. How, what, what went wrong? <laughs> um, well, it begins in 2013 when. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but like it does, like it's all, it's it's all gone downhill from there. Um, I think the biggest issue is just that nobody cares um, on Tuesday night. Like it was so clear. I mean, I know Fernandez has qualified his comments afterwards, but he 
he spoke about how Liverpool had titles to play for and United had no, like nothing really to play for. And going, well, you do. Like if you want the club to play Champions League football, you need something out of this game. Um, yeah. And to be absolutely honest, I mean Liverpool took their foot off the gas. Um, that could have been six or seven if Liverpool. If if that was City, I think that would have been six or seven because I don't think City do take their foot off the gas the way Liverpool sometimes do. Um, and there's obviously Liverpool are battling still on, on, on three fronts, so it makes sense that they're quite resting and conserving energy. Um, but it's just, it's just like it's the same mistakes over and over again. It's Harry Maguire like 50 yards out of position. Um, it, it, it's just like how many mistakes does he have to make before people like he gets dropped, you know? Um, it, it's just a bit mad, and then like the, the the approach to the game going five at the back with Phil Jones, who hadn't played like barely played in I felt, years. I felt so sorry for him. I genuinely, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I wouldn't. I know there's been a lot of it's actually been more United fans that I know that have mentioned him or said anything about him. Liverpool fans haven't really, there's been a lot of Liverpool fans that friends and my dad and stuff that have been talking about it where we say god i felt so sorry for him and i, I genuinely mean that i'm not trying to be a dickhead yeah. i genuinely felt sorry for the man like he was literally chucked in there like does that tell you where the rivalry is right now though like the fact that liverpool fans are feeling sorry for united players like only like, phil jones personally myself i could never feel sorry for one single tottenham player don't care how bad they are but i mean like united's and like i'm not just saying this to have a go at them like them but they've become kind of so irrelevant to Liverpool at this present moment in time because Liverpool know they have their number every time now, you know. United just are, they're all over the place. And until they kind of get back to that stage where you go into them games and you think, I don't know what way this is going to go because at the moment, that's just, unfortunately, that's the way the games are. Like, we know Liverpool are probably going to win these games unless United are just playing out of their skin. Um, But we kind of all knew that you know, Liverpool will probably win the other night. Um, and Steve's right, like, oh, good. Like, and I don't want to just put it all on Harry Maguire because if you look at the left back on Harry Maguire and then the other centre back and the right back, I mean, there were, I don't know, it was like a star case or something. Like you were, they were in an yeah, yeah. It was yeah. terrible. But Instead of being a straight line. I'm just, I'm just kind of curious what Steve thinks of Thiago and Trent. <laughs> and Trent, I've always liked Trent. It's always playing, playing in the wrong position. Um, he did defend well the other night, though. I mean, it's not hard to defend against Manchester United. <laughs> 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 I know he was actually take it away from United. He he did very very well against um, England's great white hope, Phil Foden, on Saturday in the you FA Cup semi final, um, yeah, which was great. There's, there's a cat chatting into my house. I think he was very lucky not to see red. Um, like he could have killed David De Gea with the. Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh my uh, god. <laughs> I mean, that was atrocious. Uh, no, like he, I thought, the, I thought Liverpool just like, what can you say? Like you run out of superlatives to describe how good they are because that's just how good they are. Um, it, it's but it's not boring. Good. It's not like City. Do you know what I mean? It's still enjoyable to watch them even when you're at the other end of a hammering. Like. Whereas we were talking just before we, we started recording about how like sterile and dull like the city experience is. 
uh, it's not that with Liverpool at all. Um, and can I just take this opportunity to say, any fucking moron of Manchester United fan who sings about Hillsborough, that's not a real football fan. Like, to I said, the best explanation I saw was today on a, a United forum where, like, someone was explaining that the only reason you blame Liverpool for Hillsborough is if you side with, you know, the Tory government and the police and the sun and the lies that they were willing to tell. It's absolute bullshit and has no place in football. And the second I heard it the other night, I was just like, nah, like, there's there's no need, especially, like, look, we've we've had our discussion about Ronaldo on this podcast, like, but what the Liverpool fans did and what he has gone through is horrific. Like, there can be nothing worse than losing a child. And for Liverpool fans to act the way they did, and then the United fans to turn around what they did, or a small doesn't matter, it was still the United fans. Um, it's just it's just horrible, and you know it like that sort of nonsense needs to stop uh, in football. Like absolutely no place for it at all. But like back to the less important stuff, the the actual football. Like I thought there was nothing. There was no. There was no bright. There's no bright spot I can point it from from United at any stage. Like over the last few weeks, it's all been really, really poor. And then today you get a new coach announced, and it's one of the most exciting young coaches in European football. But you can't get excited about it because you know that already the reaction from the players is, "Oh, we don't care." Like you know, um, but the club just needs a whole like just needs to be ripped like to shreds from 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 the inside and there's a core of of two or three players you could build around but that's going to take four transfer windows at least to fix um and we've seen before throwing money at the problem isn't necessarily the answer it doesn't it? work yeah it doesn't work like they've they've spent more money than most teams uh, and they have and they've bought really good players who have turned to shit when the second they put on a Manchester United jersey. So um, it's difficult to see. Like if I'm if I'm Ten Hag, I'm. I hope it's a guaranteed contract. I hope it's he's given a minimum of three years because it does feel like it's going to be that long to turn things around. The one thing I will say, and I think Phil, I sent you a voice note about this the other night. The one thing. Yep. United haven't resorted to is because I think this would annoy me more is getting up for these games like these two games with Liverpool being the season because uh, you know a really good friend of mine who's a Liverpool fan was messaging me the other night saying Jesus even when Liverpool were really bad if we got a if we got a result against United or two results against United in the season like that meant that that made up for the rest of the season and I'm glad I haven't felt like that. Because for the most part, like it, at the moment, it's not a, a rivalry between Liverpool and United because Liverpool are so far ahead. And for most of my time supporting Manchester United, it wasn't actually a rivalry for Man United fans. Other than the fact that I knew so many people who were Liverpool fans, I wouldn't have thought twice really about Liverpool because they were so far off the United pace. Um, and that's it's, it's just turned the other way now. Um, and it's just, it's really interesting because I think, and, and this is not to take away anything from from what he's what he's achieved and how good Liverpool are but I think the lesson in how quickly things can change when the right manager with the right attitude leaves the club like it doesn't matter what the succession plan is in place it doesn't matter how similar you think the guy replacing the the guy who's brought all the success is that magic goes with the manager and that's the one thing I've learned that like 
you know, United had no business winning that last title under Ferguson. Absolutely no business whatsoever. Like, that team was nowhere nearly good enough as Premier League. He willed that title into existence just by the sheer force of his personality and his coaching. And I think, like, what you see Liverpool doing this year, and, like, this all, this is, like, this is phenomenal football. This is one of the best football teams we have ever seen. But I can't help but think so much of that goes when Klopp does go. And that's why I think it's important. You've got the success in Europe. You've done really well in terms of, like, playing brilliant football. Now is the time to start adding league titles to it because if there's not at least two league titles from the Klopp era, yeah. that has to be disappointing. It just has to be disappointing. <laughs> no, I agree. Um, like... The, and this isn't me just being a pretty bass, but the only time I can think of where a manager with a spark or a, a grip on a club like Fergie, like Klopp, has left and the club has continued to be successful was Shankly and then Paisley. Like, okay. no, I can't think. I, I Maybe there's ones in Madrid and Barcelona there might have been something. Um, I'm not sure uh, I think the Chelsea model really because they're set up. The, the, to, the Chelsea to model, but what I'm what I'm talking about, like uh, Chelsea have were sp- uh, and s- stops and starts were successful. You know, won a title yeah. two three years, didn't won a title two three years. Whereas Shankly had brought Liverpool back, brought Liverpool up actually. Sorry, set them off, and then Paisley and that Liverpool side dumb. Do you know what I mean? That hasn't really happened and. I think that is the the scary thing. Like I know there was a a fake Twitter that got caught me and Johnny in earlier about Salah or whatever and leaving. And you can look at all these players you think leaving. And my genuine reaction was, I, oh, Salah will go. Okay, give Manny the money and sign someone else. But if that was Jurgen Klopp, I would need a week off work. You know, if it came out tonight that Jurgen Klopp's leaving at the end of the season, I'll need a week off work when he leaves because I'll just be in bits like because of what he's done. And and I think. You're right, like the, the importance of it, and that's why, like, the likes of Ten Hag, I don't think three years is enough, Stephen. I think it's three years to get rid of the shite. Well, that's what I mean. Like, he needs to be able to, he needs the security of the job to be able to get rid of the rubbish from the club, like, and then start building something from there. And I, like, it's still exciting to see the fact that there are young players, like, coming through that, like, look like they might, might be up to something. Um, yeah. But you don't, you know yourself you can't you can't build a team around that you need to supplement that with buying the right players for your system, and the problem is that there isn't there isn't a player I don't think in that starting eleven at the moment that I can honestly hand on heart say would suit what Ten Hag does as a coach, um, with the exception of Fred I actually think he's the only player who has improved improved under Ragnick. Um, and I think he benefits from that high press game in the way that others yeah. don't. Um, but that's it. Like, and you're not building your team around fucking Fred. Like, um, well, I so. think one of the one of the only midfielders is actually on loan at Everton. That'll probably be in his plans and Van der Beek. Like, but yeah, he was obviously very successful under under him at Ajax. Like, so I imagine he'll bring him back in. You'd think on, so. Um, yeah, go ahead. No, no, go, go, go. Oh, sorry, I was a mute there. Um, <laughs> is there a Bruno Fernandez issue? 
I think it's a Ronaldo issue, and I honestly do. Like I, we, I said it before Ronaldo joined that like Fernandez was playing at a relatively high level still before the Ronaldo thing happened, and we've seen with Portugal. You know the influence that Ronaldo has kind of it almost just pushes Fernandez back. Now that said, his performances of late have just been so far below par um, that it's for a player who showed the quality he had shown. And it's funny, like I made this point on this this podcast for for ages about Phil Foden being a player who excelled in empty stadiums, and it's looking like well, not that Foden's doing much better, but it's looking like Fernandez is is someone who's suffering from something similar. Um, because since we've returned to fans of football, he's that you can there's almost a line in 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 the quality of his performances, and it is worrying. Yeah, it is worrying, and the assists have dried up and. It, it, I don't know. He just he's he's anonymous in so many games. Um, Big ones as well, like yeah. That happens sometimes because obviously United have over the past years played quite a defensive counter-attacking approach to their bigger games. I so I understand why he's not on the front foot when he's not taking control of games. But yeah, you're right. Like I mean, you do want your bigger players to step up in big situations, and it just hasn't happened, unfortunately. Um. And I think the other the other thing to look at though is like who's he alongside? It's McTominay or it's it's Matic or you know like it's it's not exactly as if he's surrounded by a wealth of talent either, you know. Um, and then you talk about like faking injury the other night as well. And, um, and I can actually, I can attest, yeah, I can attest to that fake injury because I've absolutely done it myself. I know exactly what. <laughs> You know, you want to get out of there as quickly as you can. Um, but I'm like, to a certain extent, I don't blame him. The man's trying to engineer uh, his move away in the summer and get, still get high wages. Um, but yeah, it's it's there is a Fernandez problem, but I don't think you throw him out. I think there's too much talent there to to not try and find a way to work with him. Um, but I again, I don't I don't know what the answer is. Like, and I I hope. Oh, the I think you know what it's, and this is just an aside. I think the fact that the chief scout and the was it the head of global scouting as well yeah. left the other night, the other day. I think that's very, very, very telling because you look and I again I said this to you the other night, Phil. Like if you if you look at Liverpool's signings over the the under the Klopp era, there are so few misses. And if you look at United signings since Ferguson left, there are so few hits. Um, there really, really are. Like, and you see, you saw that thing the other night about like how um, was it Thiago that was recommended and a deal was in place for United, and then it was Moyes the other and signed Fellaini instead or something. Yeah. Um, like it's it's stuff like that, and that's just con- like. That's consistently something that's happened with United over the years. That like, you know, Van de Beek came with like, you know, a really good reputation, and Solskjaer for whatever reason never rated him, and yet he still looks a decent player. You know, um, Fernandez came and looked really, really good at the start, and hasn't looked so well since. Sancho, I mean, someone said to me the other day, like, you know, when he was signed. This is a Liverpool fan, and he said when he was signed, I was really, really worried that like, 
they've actually got something right here. And he's looked awful, but he's also not regularly played in his favorite position. So, like, mm. what? And I know United ask their their forwards to, you know, switch positions a lot, but so do most top clubs. Like, people don't have set positions in the, the front three really anymore, you know. Um, and and so I think the scouting thing is going to be huge. But I think having that, I think you know, Ajax have shown, I think as a club have shown that you can build a team the right way. Now, it's very, Ajax are a very different club than, than Man United, it, in theory. But actually, are they? Because if United miss out on European football this year, it's a unique opportunity to kind of just build something again from, the, from scratch, like Arsenal did. Like, look at the benefits Arsenal have had from not having European football this year. Um, and I think you have to take it. I would much rather if they missed out on the Champions League that they missed out on the uh, the Europa League and the Conference League as well. Like, just miss it all. Like, I have no interest in any of the rest of it. Uh, although there's something quite, like, quaint or old-fashioned about the Conference League. Like, there's some big name. And the fans of Belfast. There you go. Um, there's, some, there's some, like, really old, like, European football names in there and stuff like that. So, um, and so, look, it's... The thing is, right, and I, I, it, it, I go back to what I said at the very start, it, I just can't care because if I do, it will just make me depressed. Um, and so I have to separate it a little bit. I have to step away from it and go, okay, it will eventually get sorted out because for as long as, you know, the club is commercially successful, they won't change anything. But surely at some stage, the lack of success on the field has to affect the commercial success off it um and i think that's the that's where things might start changing but i don't know when that comes yeah it's um it's <clears throat> it's a start that we've got ten hagen uh, <coughs> for me um but i think i've said this to you i don't know if i said this on one of the podcasts recently but you talk about the scouting Michael Edwards is leaving Liverpool at the end of the season. Manchester United should be hiring Michael Edwards at the start for the start of next season for preseason. They should be bringing Michael Edwards in. I know they've got Ralph Ryan. It's going to go upstairs. They should be going to get Michael Edwards as well and bringing him in and getting him to tap into whatever scouting he'd set up and whatever he's got as well, and then build it from there. Because you talk about Jurgen Klopp and certainly he's been unbelievable, but and he even says himself the work Michael Edwards has done. To help get those players and it's not just about getting those players liverpool have got those players and and a lot of the deals liverpool have got a very good deal Do you know yeah. spent a lot of money on virgil van dyke spent a lot of money on allison both needed look at allison like van dyke gets a lot of plaudits but look at allison in one-on-ones he's ridiculous <laughs> um and um went and got fabinho lost champ just lost champs league final in Kiev against Real Madrid and bought Fabinho the next day. Went and got Thiago um, for 25 million all in. Like, <laughs> yes, last season was stop and start, but you look at him now. Went and got Luis Diaz in January. Starts in the best, this is the best ever Liverpool side I've seen. I might never I might never see another Liverpool side as good as this. And they still mightn't win the Champions League of the League this year. They mightn't win either of those. But some of the football this team has played, and, and 
yes, the other night Manchester United were poor, and I want to talk about that in two seconds. They were, they were, they were shite. They were shite. They, they, they didn't offer anything. And any time they did try to offer anything, Liverpool were two or three steps ahead of them, and it was like a training exercise. It was so weird. And me and my dad were watching it. Usually, when you, I hate my United Liverpool games, and I've said this before, and you know this, I hate them. I can't stand them because of what happens if you lose. <laughs> um, wasn't nervous. Yeah. Wasn't stressed. Was just coasting along. Didn't care. Just knew what was going to happen. And you touched on it. You said about you, you wouldn't want United to, um, you know, this be their only their only things that matter in this season was beating Liverpool twice in the league. But I think because of what Liverpool can achieve this year, for that in the United squad to not give a shite about trying to stop them from winning the quadruple, yeah, the Champions League too. Don't get me wrong, Barbie, but for them, I think that is that is a that is really really poor. I know it's. I know I'm sounding really stupid here, but in '99 we beat you towards the end of the season. Now, it didn't matter in the end. But we beat you towards the end of the season, and I remember it vividly. Like people buzzing, like we like we have beat United while they're on this run, and the place going mental because we beat United. And I remember, I remember, um, I looked at that the other night, and United didn't care, and they should care, like. You should care about stop. When you said about Chelsea, or trying to say about Chelsea stopping Liverpool winning, possibly a treble, they should care. That's why, like, I said this to you last night. City, Manchester City, dropping so many players on Saturday, I think is going to come back and haunt them. Now people say it's only in the FA Cup. You, if you get a chance to win a treble, you go for it. Yeah. What is the point in not? Like Alex Ferguson has a treble. United have like new talk about Alex Ferguson. Alex Ferguson won a treble. He was the only man to do it to win that treble. Sorry, the treble. Sorry, he's the only man to do it. The only man in English football to do it. Like he's he is above everyone because of that. Yeah. Pep Guardiola had the chance, and people say it's Man City. It doesn't matter. Pep Guardiola had the chance to win a treble at Man City. This is Pep Guardiola, and he decided no. Klopp has a chance to win it all, and he's going for it all. And he's, as and he should. Like, yeah. And for United to to turn up on Tuesday night uh, the way they did and just not give a shite at times, Pogba, that was a laugh. Um, it's just really, really, really strange. Not strange isn't the right word, but it's just poor from them. And... As I'm obviously not a United fan, but if I was a United fan, I would want that to be the end. I would want that to be the moment where this squad, whoever's left in this squad, whoever's left the club going forward next season, and when Ten Hag comes in, that this was the moment, Tuesday night was the moment where they went, this fucking stops now. This has to stop. Because it's... And I, I sound like Gary Neville there, because I'm sure he said this a couple of times now, but it just... I didn't think he would get as bad as this. It was never yeah. this. There was never the gap. There was never. It was never this bad between us two. Never, ever, like, ever. It was never. What would I say? There was never this gap in quality between the two teams. There has definitely been this gap and more over the course of a season. Um, oh God, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, I think, and you know, this, this is it. But the thing is, I keep saying it. Like every time you think it can't get worse, it does. So that's why I stopped thinking <laughs> it can't get worse. Um, because it's just been, um, 
horrendous. Like it's been there. It, like literally, you think mm. you look at like even Saturday. Uh, uh, you know, I was I was looking at and they went two 0 up, and I was like, they are absolutely going to fuck this up somehow. Um, <laughs> and look, they very very nearly did. And Norwich could have taken the lead. You know, two nil or two all. Norwich very easily could have taken the lead. Um, and then, but that's the perfect encapsulation of the the Ronaldo problem with United. You know that he's clearly a very good goal scorer, but at the expense of the development of everything else you're trying to do with a team, uh, whether that's developing young players, whether it's bringing in the high press, all of these different things are stopped by Ronaldo. But at the same time, Ronaldo can win you games you have no business winning. Now, I'm not saying he would have made a difference against the Republican. I, I genuinely don't think he would. But, you know, he's someone who at least understands what a Liverpool United game should mean. Um, especially when you said there's so much on the line. Like, Jesus Christ, if Liverpool win the quadruple. Like, <laughs> I am not joking when I say that <laughs> I will move to Ukraine and fight as like a foreign Asian soldier if that happens. <laughs> you gonna block you gonna block my number? I am going to block the internet. I'm gonna cut off the internet from my house. I am going to <laughs> steal the door. I have like at least when Liverpool won the title, we were kind of in lockdown. It was it was almost enjoyable yeah. that Liverpool fans couldn't celebrate properly. <laughs> yeah. Um and rub it in my face the way I had I had done all the United League titles. This would be just something else. Now, unfortunately, I, I think City will win the league. Um, it feels a bit like two two seasons ago when when like or was it three seasons, whatever it was, when you know Liverpool had to keep winning and City just, with the exception, was it the Leicester game when Company got the goal? Like that, it never felt like City were going to step up really at all. Like. Um, and neither run in looks particularly tricky. Um, I think, and I don't know whether this is just, I'm sure you felt this as well with your own teams, whether this is just your own team bias, your own fancy now. I think I said this to you. I think that Mares miss uh, at the end of the game against Liverpool. I just have a sneaky suspicion that was a huge moment. I, I don't know, that, that's, that's probably just red. Tinted glasses, blind faith, whatever you want to call it. Um, and Brenton was saying to me tonight, uh, we were talking about City's last game was Aston Villa. Yeah. So Stephen Gerrard could finally win a league title for Liverpool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, Stephen Gerrard think... might not have a job by that stage. Of things oh, um, but I don't know. There's, t- I think it's just blind faith thinking that you're going to win the quadruple and getting caught up in the whole romance of it, where you. I'm assuming that the, the, the game in hand, that you know, the Wolves game for City and the Southampton game for Liverpool, they're going to have to be played on the same night, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. It's just whether it depends on, on what both teams do in Europe, I think, um, and where they fit those in. Um, I, I just have a feeling that they're going to make a mistake. Um, but it's funny because I have, I have, I have, I have it's something in the back of my mind that that. Villa game in Villa Park um, on the 10th of May. That's one I've kind of earmarked as, as being one where Liverpool could slip up. And I'm not, that's not a joke. It's not a Gerrard joke. 
I genuinely think that's a tricky one. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I did just feel like yeah. Let me fix the lighting here because you're nobody, okay. We're not going to do the video, are we? So it's no, fine. no, we're not doing the video. It's grand. That's grand. Um, I'm in the dark. For anyone who's listening, <coughs> now completely. Yeah. And I have been absolutely rinsed by tree pollen. What the fuck, like? Uh, that's why I keep coughing, folks. Apologies. Um, before we move on from this game, can I just talk? Can I talk about Sadio Mane for five minutes? I'm not going to talk about Thiago. For anyone, we're not doing a video, but I'm wearing my Thiago t-shirt about this so Steve can see it. Um, we're not going to talk about Thiago. There's been enough said about Thiago. But Sadio Mane, as a number nine, seems to work. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's had two goals on Saturday, um, a goal and assist uh, on Tuesday night. He just looks a lot more comfortable. He looks like the old, snarly, nasty, powerful, quick, intelligent... Sadio Mane, it looks like he's back. Yeah, it, like, so I'm gonna I'm gonna phrase this as delicately as I can. Uh-oh. I've heard this from the Liverpool fans quite a bit over the last couple of weeks, especially um, because he has turned the corner. There's no doubt his form had dipped. Like earlier this season, it, he just did not look the player he he, he was. No. I have a feeling that Liverpool fans... Now, completely correct me if I'm wrong here, right? I have a feeling that Liverpool fans are bigging up Mane in their minds because they're setting themselves up for Salah to leave this summer. And they need to... Con- oh, I, I understand that. Yeah. That's my I gut feeling. What you mean. I'm completely wrong, but that's my gut feeling. No, I, 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 get, I, I totally see where you're coming from. Would you ask me where I keep Mane? I would keep them all. Because I'm an old romant, romantic tube. Um, and no, I understand. And I understand too why some fans would think that because you don't want to lose any of them and you don't want to lose both of them. Certainly not. No. Um, I don't I don't think there's I, I don't think, think there's a situation where they lose both though, is there? No. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Um but I, I think just in this new role and like, why would you? Why would you lose him now? Do you know what I mean? I think what he's done, what, like, Sadio Mane could finish up winning a quadruple here in Liverpool. Uh, send Senegal to the World Cup and win the African Cup of Nations. Like, that's an absolutely ridiculous season he's in the middle of having. And, and for 70% of that for Liverpool, he's been off the boil. Now, he still scored goals. He's still scoring winners and scoring goals in games, but he's been off the boil. Luis Diaz arrives. Manny goes to the AFCON, wins it, comes back to put him in the centre forward, and he just springs into life again. So I wouldn't I I know what you mean and I do get that. And I, I know there are I know there are fans that think that. Um and put all their eggs in the Manny basket. I said it tonight in the group chat. Fuck it if, if Salah goes, give the money to Manny and then give money to Manny and keep him. Certainly. But um, I just wouldn't want to lose any of them. I wouldn't even want to lose Origi, but we're going to lose him. The SC Milan, I'd give Origi a lifetime contract, understand. Um, but that's because I'm a dose, and that's why I don't run a business, because I'd have no money. Um, but yeah, I, I just the other night, like the ball for for Salah, just the way even when United did the start of the second half, get tighter to him, it wasn't picked up again, but he absolutely smashed with a forearm, Harry Maguire in the face, um, to get him off him. And just like... He, he seems to be back to his best, so he'll be important for running. But um, 
yeah, as I said to you last night when we were talking privately, like this Liverpool side, regardless of what happens, this year is like the year, 2019, 19, when they won the Champions League, where they're so close to winning the league, but so many brilliant nights. And even though I, don't, I can't go to games, but brilliant nights in the house, brilliant nights with dad, obviously, like, and having the crack. I'll never forget it. And whatever happens this season, and I hope, I hope, I hope it is finishes off with some more silverware. Um, if it doesn't, it's a disappointment, but some of the memories you look back on it and be like, fuck. Like, I know you're sitting in front of me here, but to, to beat you 5 and 4 nil in the same season, I never thought that would ever happen. I went through my childhood listening to you wankers every day and you were winning everything and I even had the watches in the Champions League. You weren't even in the Champions League. Brian Moore was commentating still with Ron Atkinson. Oh, Jesus. You're playing teams like Monaco. Do you remember Trezeguet's goal against his, um, from, I think it was, was he playing for Monaco at the time? Um, you were playing teams like Bromby, old school Champions League, the old school Umbro boy. I, used to, I bought I Umbro ball because I was watching United play all the time on the Champions League and I loved that football. Um, just things like that. And then to see you go through all that. And I never, my wildest dreams, would ever think we'd beat his 4 0. But the beat his 5 0 and 4 0 in the one year is ridiculous, mental. Um, but I am also one that knows this all comes back around again. So um, <laughs> when when my when Miles, Terry, and Finn are doing the, the sports babble or the football babble when we we're too old to do it, um, Finn's probably going to get roasted by the two lads. But. Um, We'll, we'll move away from the football because uh, it is important, but the NBA playoffs are on. Mm. So, I mean, yes, the football is important, but the NBA playoffs <laughs> is a very special time indeed. Now, I said at the top of the show, I finally get the chance to, you know, just constantly laugh at Steve and have fun with Steve because my night is shite. But <sighs> like a cat, he lands on his feckin' feet and the Warriors, Stephen, the Warriors look like the Warriors. In my opinion, they look like the best team at the minute in the playoffs. They do. Like again, like we did the podcast. What was it? Two weeks ago. And two weeks. Yeah. I'd be I'd be glad if they got through the first round, and I think that would be enough. Um, they've set the bar very high. I would say. I think you're right. I think in terms of the teams that we've seen, it's their head and shoulders above everyone else at the moment. That particularly, you know that. What's the, what are they calling it? The death and Maxis lineup. Uh, it's not as catchy as the death lineup. Somebody like, called it PTSD, which was like, mm. <laughs> that's not bad. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind that at all. I think that the biggest thing is like you have, you know, Nikola Jokic, who, for my mind, was the, the the MVP this year, right? And he looks. I would have went Embiid. Well, yeah, look, it's toss-up, maybe, right? But he just looks bad, and the Warriors... Have... He looks angry. Yeah, and, like, there was there was a great um, athletic article about, like, kind of trying to sum up what what it is about this identity of, of, of the Warriors. Um, and they were saying that, like, you know, they're trying to sum it up in, like, one play, and, you know, that play was... There was a, a, a passage of play in the second quarter against the Nuggets where... The, the, it was set up for basically either an easy layup for for Jokic or, or sorry no set up they were going to, what they were going to do was they had the um, they had the open tree and at very worst if he had missed it Jokic would have got the rebound and what yeah. you can see happening is Jordan Poole realizes what's about to happen 
just completely ignores his man and sets himself up for the rebound. And he outmuscles <laughs> Jokic, out Jokic, wins the ball, passes it to, to Draymond, and they go down this, the court and score on a fast break. And it's like, that's the perfect summation of the like just the thought process that's going into them at the moment. Um, and I think that the key, the key to it all is they have to stay healthy because that's what, you know, the owner did a, an interview the other day and he was saying like, this is the team I paid for. And it's a very blunt assessment, but it's the first time he's been able to see like the five that he wanted on the court at the same time, you know? Um, so I think, yeah. Um, yeah, you're not on camera, you're all right. Um, that's my mom. Um, Shut up, you. <laughs> um, they, 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 they've struggled to kind of find an identity because yeah. they're, they're trying to do two things at the same time, right? They're trying to give this the old school warriors, the 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 the, the curries and the clays and that one last shot at a title. But they're also planning for the succession as well, and that's really hard to do both at the same time. And yet because Kerr is probably the best coach in all of sports, well, he's right up there, they're doing it. They're doing it really, really well. And it's it's just absolutely fascinating to see because it, it's it's become, it, it came as a surprise to me, I have to say. I've been so used to them over the last couple of seasons being kind of just nearly a nearly team. That's really yeah. nice to see them, you know, kind of emerging again um, as a... Do, do you know what they felt like? It's felt like they were... They were sick. Yeah. You know, I don't mean I don't mean that in a excuse the way I use this in a sick way. It just felt like they were the Warriors felt like they were ill. Like they just were like really not COVID, not mentioned COVID, but really a bad, bad flu. And they just felt meh. Do you know what I mean? And for two years, like even on the Draymond Green podcast, he had Steph Curry on and they were talking about it. Like they went through two years there where no playoffs. Didn't know what was going on, just knew they weren't gonna win it. Just re- and now and I, I genuinely believe this. I genuinely think they're the team to beat. And I know it's only been two games, but they came into this playoffs and you saw what Jordan Poole was doing. The fact Steph Curry is happy enough to be on the bench in the playoff game to come on and then still score so many points. Um Jermon Green obviously is absolutely manhandling Jokic. Give me Jermon Green against Embiid, please. Um and things and Clay Thompson, you're worried a wee bit about that maybe because he doesn't look just as Clay as he did. I mean he's only come he's come back from a very very serious injury, but um coming Kaminga as well. One with Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins was an all star like this. I forgot all about this. And then it was um was it No Dunks or was it Bill Simmons podcast? Someone this week anyway mentioned it again. I think it might have been Trey, Trey from No Dunks. Andrew Wiggins was an all star like an all star. Yeah. Starting all star, you know what I mean? No, I I do, and, and the fact that the, the Suns, you know, Brooklyn obviously injured, just looked off, and and this can happen in the playoffs. Like, <coughs> pardon me, you have to. I know you don't believe in momentum, but you have to just keep going and going and going and going, and it can only take one game to pull the thread and everything unravels. Oh, absolutely. Um, in the NBA playoffs, and and I, I, I just think like they just look, they just look awesome. And you're Steve Kerr. In my opinion, there's not much between Steve Kerr and Jurgen Klopp in world sport. 
Um, I, I don't know if I could pick who's the best, but I just think, and biased. I don't even, <laughs> what? We are biased. We are biased. We are biased, but both of them are amazing. Like, um, uh, I don't think, I think what the Warriors have here is what the problem with the Warriors, and I think it was Simmons that said this as well, Bill Simmons, <laughs> Simmons, if I know him, um, it's the contracts next and what they do with next year, what they do with the elder statesmen of the team. And I think you could see possibly Clay maybe being the one that has to be sacrificed, possibly, or whatever. I really cannot see a Warriors without Steph Curry. It just doesn't. And if um, you can I think if so, you can phase yeah. Curry, sorry, if you can if you can have Curry as an option. To not start every game, but to come in and out and come in and out, and you have Kaminga and you have Jordan Poole and whoever else you can get. Um. Then I th- and if they win it this year, I think you'll see them come back again because it's Steph, it's, it's um Steve Kerr. <laughs> like he, he knows how to do that. He did it at the Bulls, sir. So, what do you think on it? Well, I think you're aware of the concept of the bird, the bird rights, yeah. Larry Bird uh, ruling for if a player. Nope. Uh, so if a player spends three years with a team without leaving free agency, um, basically they have more right to sign them than other teams. So it's like basically an okay. exception. You can hand them different types of deals to kind of message with the salary cap. I can't remember what it is, but it's there's like they can, I think it's something like there's percentages of the cap they can receive as their max contract and stuff like that. Basically, for the Warriors, it means they can actually keep this team together. Now, the payroll would be $400 million between the wages and the uh, luxury tax. Sweet but I mean, if you think you've got a back-to-back title winning team, say they win it this year or they come really, really close, if you think you've got a shot next year and mm-hmm. you're the owner who has that amount of money, like you're gonna you're gonna take the chance, aren't you? Like, you know, yep. you're gonna bring it back one more time. Um so I think that's what's gonna happen. Um like the, the the salary cap in the NBA is obviously a joke. Like the salary cap this year alone, the Warriors like wage bill is around 290, 300 million. The salary cap is 122. Um so like <laughs> the salary cap is a myth. Um and I think what the Warriors will do, I feel I feel like they'll bring everyone back in the year. I think they will. Now, there could be a, a case where they win this title and maybe people step away from the basketball. That's a possibility. Play at the Lakers? Yeah. No, I'd hate it's, to see it. I'd hate to see I know it. You, and now, let's take away hate and what you will want to see. Let's think. Clay at the Lakers. You, you know fine rightly that's going to be a question in the off season. It will, yeah. No, I think it will. But also, is LeBron at the Warriors going to be a question in the off season? So, I mean, if that happens, the whole thing's fucked. Yeah. Um, Although, well, I mean, this year wasn't exactly a highlight for the for LeBron. It wasn't, but like, I think Steve Kerr looking after LeBron is what LeBron potentially needs if he wants to win one more title before he checks out. Yeah. I think that's and fair. LeBron should think that he can win one more title because LeBron still is one of the best. He's not, he's maybe not top five still, but he's one of the best players still in the league. 
Um, I think now just with what Edie's coming to, you have the likes of Janice. Katie is still a freak. Um, even Bede's coming. He's starting to properly reach the potential now. You still get Jokic, Luka Doncic. And you, LeBron's in there, certainly. Certainly in there. But um, LeBron with Draymond Green and Steph Curry and Jordan Poole, Kaminga, say Wiggins and all still there. Oof. That'd be a freak. That would be ridiculous. It's nice to have. And like the Raiders have made some moves this off season as well. It's just magicians yeah. that are annoying me at the moment. Um, <laughs> but look, you can't have it all, you know, as a sports fan. And um, as as Rizo, a uh, valued listener of this podcast, always the says, "Yeah, greatest like, listener of all time." Nice, I like that. Uh, and it's true. Um, like the universe is perfectly balanced. If, if one if one part of your sporting fandom is doing well, the other part has to suck, and that is just life in sports fandom. Well, what it should mean for you too is that the Raiders are about to win the Super Bowl. Really, what it should I think mean? I win the Super Bowl, so I wouldn't be stunned. Well, there we go. And um, but on the NBA, like last night, Celtics got went two zero mm. against the Nets. Now. I don't know if you saw this before we came on. Ben Simmons is potentially going to make his return to basketball in game four. Ooh. If the Nets win this weekend, win game three, and that series is 2 1, and then he comes back in, do you think the Nets have a chance of turning that series over? I don't think so. I don't think so. No. I think and I hate Boston Celtics, but I think yeah. Boston Celtics. I, I, don't I say think that. they're going to. I think they. Well, I don't say that easily either. Like, I don't no. want the Celtics to win, but I think they will. Yeah, I, I think the Celtics will actually win in the East. Um, Milwaukee have looked really weird. So really weird. weird. Yeah. So weird. Um, and, like, <laughs> I just think with Tatum, with Brown, Marcus Smart, Defensive Player of the Year, you have the other one to come back, Robert. Oh, what's his name? Can't remember. He got injured. He's to come back. I think that'll be the team that'll come out of the East. So I think we could potentially see a Warriors and Celtics NBA Finals, which would be interesting for you because you also hate everyone in Boston. So um, you'd be able to enjoy yourself there, sir. But <laughs> yeah, I I love the playoffs. I I, I can't stay up late it's to watch, them, especially during 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 the week, especially having wee ones like it's a nightmare. But I can get up in the morning first thing, half five, six o'clock, and crack on with the highlights, which is great. Um, and then there's a lot of games on this weekend that are on at acceptable times. But um, it's just so good to have it back and have it back with full stadiums and have the buzz of it. There is, you'll disagree, but I don't think there's anything like the NBA playoffs. I think it's just an amazing. Oh, no, I agree. Six, I agree. Weeks. Like the NFL playoffs, like playoffs, I think in general are a much better way to decide a title than a league. Do the Premier League playoffs? Yeah, that'd be I mean, unreal. I'm at, like, <laughs> imagine it was an eight-team Premier League playoff, and somehow United their way to a title despite being so much worse like oh, West Ham or... yeah. yeah who's eighth I'll get it up now while you're talking who's eighth in Premier League yeah. Spurs are fourth Arsenal are fifth United are sixth West Ham it's Wolves <laughs> is it oh. yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah so but like would you not like that would you not like to see City at Wolves home and away you know um I, I think football is missing it, is absolutely missing the trick that I got in the playoffs. 
Well, oh, I think man, say, if, say if we did, Steve, a playoff right now, it'd be Arsenal Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> the WhatsApp would be insufferable. Uh, Chelsea United and be Liverpool West Ham. See, here's the thing: like, despite how bad they've been over two legs, that's United against Chelsea. The way Chelsea are playing. Oh yeah, yes, hundred percent. It'd be yeah. an interesting, interesting game. Yeah. Um, but. I, the thought of a Spurs Arsenal playoff, yeah. holy ghost! <laughs> I'd almost write to the Premier League now, actually, after this podcast and ask them yeah. to incorporate this. Please, can we have a playoff? <laughs> yeah, the, that's that the American sport has that nailed down. And uh, when they get the playoff series, to have it like things happen in playoffs that don't happen in normal regular seasons, like there's a, there's a weird magic things just happen. Tatum's point the other night, like he spun in the air when he caught the ball. Like it's just mental. Um, so I love it. I, I I love this time of the year. It's the start of summer too, uh, for us obviously here in Ireland, which is great. And I just love the NBA playoffs. It's just such a buzz about it. And then I hate it when it's over. But usually yeah, in yeah. NBA off season's mental. Um, well, like, I think. We, we, well, sorry, just very quickly. Like we spoke about the Suns being like incredible down the stretch. How good they look. Then they drop a game to the Pelicans. Like that's what I love about it. Like, no, the, like and get run out of it. Yeah, yeah, completely. It's not like it was a fluke win or anything. Like they, they were poor. They were really, really poor. And this mm-hmm. is a team that won, like Pelicans won 60, Yeah, it was sixty-four wins for the Suns versus thirty-six for the Pelicans. Like there's a huge gulf in class between these teams, and yet over the course of a five or seven game series, like that's what it's. It's just a beautiful way to decide championships. I think. Um, keep one, kill one, and I'm gonna ask you this: keep one, kill one, and what was the next one? Oh, um, I can't remember. Right, so sorry, I'm trying to think of a three-way thing you could do here. It's not this sort of snob where I avoid. I meant to tell you this before the start of the show, but I forgot. But you really reminded me because you mentioned the Raiders. So you got the Raiders, Manchester United, and the Warriors. So you can watch one for the rest of your life and support one for the rest of your life. Um, your boys can watch one and follow it for the rest of their life in their current state, by the way. So you can use that as a as a parameter, or you can completely bin one off and never have to look at, talk about, or see ever again. <laughs> this will tell us how evil Steve is to his sons. <laughs> I give, I give the Raiders to my sons because I think there's some, I think there's there's something brewing there, and I think they'll get positive out of it for the next few years. I'd ah. so factoring into my decision here is the fact that. Things can only get, <laughs> things can only get worse for the Warriors and can only get better for United. I'm gonna keep United and I'm gonna shake hand the Warriors. Unfortunately, gee, what? Yeah, well, like I think Steph goes, Clay goes. Like that's a very different Warriors team, you know. Um, like it's very hard. Like you know, it's very hard after thirty years. Mm, do you know what? No, fuck United. 
no, they don't, they don't deserve it. They don't deserve it. Um, yeah, no, fuck United. That's my answer to that. So I keep yeah, going. Yeah, because I mean, in, in the current in the current state, like not future, present, whatever you would do, and, and it's not just United, the players. It's who owns United too. Do you know what I mean? It's it's the owners and what they've been doing. So, yeah, that's what I would have done. I'd kick them to the car- curb, give the lads the Raiders, and follow the Warriors. That's something I would do with Finn. I would just give Finn the report because he's obsessed with Mo Salah. Yeah. I don't really... I do do follow Raiders Ryu and Rezo, so, but I would probably have to get rid of the Raiders, and then I'd just follow the Mets. Because um, I haven't really landed properly on a basketball team just yet, just enjoying all of it. I, yeah, yeah, I think the thing with basketball is you can like I know so many people who are just basketball fans. Yeah, um, much more than I know people who are baseball fans or football fans. You know, um, so I well, think that you know what'll happen. What'll happen is I I I, I like Atlanta team, not the Falcons because I'm not I'm not ready for that heartache. Um, but I don't mind some of the teams. I like seeing them do well, um, because I obviously lived there. But I think what'll happen is, and I think I've said this. Certainly to Britain. I'll hopefully get back to America to go to sport. Certainly want to take Finn there. And I'll go to an NBA game. And now hopefully it's not the Knicks. <laughs> but I'll go to an NBA game. And I think then I'll be like, this is my team. You know, once you've experienced it, this is my team. And I'll, I'll you know what? I really enjoyed this. I loved it. I'm going to follow these guys. Um, so we shall see at that that's New York, then I'll go to the Nets. <laughs> I'm not I, Finn has a Knicks top, but I'm not, I don't want to follow. I'll go watch the Knicks on your own, but I wouldn't want to follow the Knicks. Not in the current, not in the current ownership and state anyway. And what's been going on? Um, but yeah, that's what I would do. Uh, interesting. You definitely still thinking about whether we go with the Warriors United, though I know you are. But I think you you made the right decision in the end, Stephen. Um, you got there in the end, yeah. You got there in the end, but things will come back from Manchester United. Tenag will come in, he'll be given a chance, hopefully, um, and things will, there will be a rivalry, as you said, that, well, there isn't at the minute where both teams are competitive. Because um, let's be honest, to finish off on the podcast, like, yes, winning the quadruple will be amazing this year, yes, beating Man City will be amazing, but if I could go through a season and beat Manchester United to win the league in the last day of the year, that would... And likewise for you, beating Liverpool to win the last game of the season to beat Liverpool in a title race and vice versa is what we both want. Like that. Don't be anything yeah. like it. Um, so hopefully I, we'll get that soon. I wish United and Liverpool had the rivalry that City and Liverpool had. Like that, I am jealous yeah. of that. Like yeah, that. yeah. I do wish it was United too. Um, it just isn't that same. It's not the same buzz with <coughs> with City. I think it was, if it was it was United, like I'd be I'd be on medication at the minute <laughs> for the run in. <laughs> put it that way. Um, I think that'll do us for this week. We will try and get back uh, to two shows possibly next week, depending on what the schedule is. Um, for certain people and different things as well. I am gonna go off now, edit this, and I'm gonna watch some baseball and get ready because I am at Monster and and Ulster tomorrow night. Um, yes. which is across a lot of TV channels. I suppose I may plug it because I work for them. It's on BBC. Check it out. Monster against, uh, Ulster against Monster at Ravenhill tomorrow night, which will be a very good game. And uh, Check it out. Two teams playing very well. Um, 
Stephen, I shall chat to you probably in my five minutes anyway in the WhatsApp group. But folks, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. This won't be a video because with no good lighting and we come yarsed. Um, but not a video. I come yarsed and Brent does it better than me anyway. Yeah. So you get us on a podcast. Look for the podcast for Football Babble. Um, check us out on Instagram and Twitter um, at Football Babble. And um, yeah, we'll chat to you during, the, during next week. And good luck. Cool.